Trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. For this episode of BCDC Essential Conversations, I speak with Emmy Rouse about trusting the Lord through the ups and downs of life. Amongst the various topics we explored, one of the highlights of our conversation was the importance of choosing daily disciplines to help us grow closer to God and how our self-discipline can trump the feelings and the moods that we may have on a day-to-day basis. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. And you? Good, good. I'm doing well too. Thank you so much for taking the time today to join me at BCDC Essential Conversations. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. So glad you're here. And you know, as uh, we've talked about what BCDC Essential Conversation is all about, it's really about just getting stories out of people who love Jesus, people who follow Mm. Jesus. In, in the word disciples, what are disciples of Jesus? What does that mean? And how are you a disciple of Jesus? So we'll go through a few questions. And but before we start, I just wanted to ask you, um, mm-hmm. what's the next holiday you're going to take after this lockdown is over? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot <laughs> since we've had a lot of time to think about this. Um, but my family and I are planning to go to the, um, the United States of America. We were actually um, planning to go to the U.S. for several years now, um, but then COVID hit. So we're now unsure whether we can go, but it won't be this year. It will be next year because my husband's half-sister is graduating. Um, So we're hoping to be able to join her for that graduation next year. Next year, perfect. Yeah, hopefully by next year we can travel normally. Yes, yes. Wear like this whole suit PPE thing in the airplane. I don't know, I've seen (laughs) photos about that. It's like... Not so sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I want to do that. Yeah. So, Emmy, you have mm-hmm. a really interesting background, you know, and you have so many stories. I know that as we've known each other, I've seen God work in your life so much based on your prayers, what he's done to answer those prayers. And you have such a unique background as well. So before we get into your current uh, journey with Jesus, I'd just like to hear a little bit about your background. Where are you sure. from? What are you doing right now? Yeah, um, so my background is that I'm half Japanese and half Chinese. Um, I was born in Japan and I grew up there until I was about 11 years old. And then I moved to Hong Kong with my family. And I was there for my secondary education before I went to the UK for university to study law. Um, After I studied law in the UK, I went back to Hong Kong and I qualified as a lawyer there. And I worked there for a number of years before moving to Tokyo and then back to Hong Kong and finally to Bangkok. Um, And I'm married to my husband, Vinny, and we have uh, three wonderful, most of the time, wonderful children. (laughs) Yeah, okay, so what are you doing right now? Um, So right now I've had a career change and I'm working as a counselor in Bangkok um, at one of the international schools. Okay, so from lawyer to counselor, right? So in between that, did you grow up in a Christian family? No, I didn't. Um, I, my, both my parents are not Christians, um, although I did attend a Catholic school in Japan growing up. So I was familiar with the concept of, of God, um, that there was a supernatural being, but it was, um, it, it, was a, it was a Catholic environment. There were lots of rules. We had mass every week, um, but I never really had this concept of having a relationship with Jesus until I was much older. Mm-hmm. So that's where you heard of the name Jesus. Yes. Okay. And how did you come to really have this personal relationship with him? Um, 
It was a long journey, um, but it was actually my husband who um, led me to or invited me to church. Um, and that was where I really learned what Christianity was about, which is having a relationship with Jesus. Um, so on, up until that point, you know, Christianity was just another religion to me, a, a religion that I learned in school. Um, and to be honest, I didn't have a, you know, a, a great view of Christianity. Uh, I just thought it was, it was just a bunch of rules. Um, but when I started attending church with my husband, I still had a lot of questions. But looking at his lifestyle and seeing how this church was explaining um, about having a relationship with Jesus and how much Jesus loves me, it, it helped me to understand what true Christianity is. Okay, so before then, did you have a religious belief at all? Um, I would say that I believed in a God, um, but I didn't have a specific God that I believed in, if that makes sense. So I, I was searching. Um, just before I became a Christian, uh, I, was, um, I was sort of learning more about Buddhism. Um, I looked at a, a number of new age things as well. I was, I, you know, I, I followed sort of fortune telling, like horoscopes, that kind of thing. Um, so I always, I think, believed in something, but um, not, I didn't know Jesus until I was much older. Okay. And so how was the gospel presented to you at that church? Um, it was just, it was just very real to me. Like, I think the first thing that really struck me was how friendly um, and approachable people were. Uh, we had a pastor in that church who was um, super friendly, like he would hug me every time I went to church. You know? And I was like, who is this man? And he was just full of love. You know, he was, and to me, that was, I think, you know, a representation of, of who Jesus is and who I know him to be now. Um, so there was, it was full of love and it was very real. Like the sermon was, it was very real. The pastor, the pastor would always give very real life examples of, of um, how to apply what we learn in the word in our lives. So I think that eventually helped me to understand that this is not just some vague concept, but something that's very real and relevant to my life. Yeah, it's an experience and Jesus mm -hmm. showed his love through real people. And that's how, you know, we can really tangibly experience this love. Yes. Yeah. So through all these years, you've been a Christian for many years. What's been the greatest thing God's ever done in your life? You know, I would have to say that um, meeting my husband, uh, Vinny, he, that is one of the greatest things that God has done for me because that was really the starting point for me to get to know Jesus. Um, obviously, the gift of, of salvation, the gift of Jesus is, is very huge. But if it weren't for Vinny being in my life, I think, you know, I would have probably not took that step of faith. Um, and I had known actually my husband before he became a Christian. So we were best friends for over 10 years. Okay. Uh, and this was before not either of us became a Christian. So I knew him very well. And I saw the transformation that happened through him as he um, started his relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would say that the greatest gift has been my husband. Wow, so cool. So in your walk with Jesus, what's been the hardest thing in following him? There's been ups and downs, I'm sure, in every single disciple's life. What's been really difficult for you? Mm -hmm. I think that um, there are two things that come to mind about the biggest challenges. One is really trusting in God. And I know, you know, we always say, let's, you know, trust in God. And it's almost become a household phrase, right, for Christians. But to really trust in him, regardless of the circumstances, is a very, very difficult thing. Mm. And 
I think it means sort of really giving up on our on our own ways of thinking as well. So, you know, I always one of my favorite verses is um, Proverbs um, three five to six, which says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding." And and for me, that's a real struggle. You know, I used to have, and I still have sometimes pride, and I think that my way is 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 the best way. And, and so giving that up and, and trusting and submitting to God and trusting him wholeheartedly is a very challenging thing, um, particularly in circumstances where, where it's difficult. Um, and that, yeah, and another thing that um, comes to mind is, is just, um, you know, forgiveness. Forgiveness is something that uh, I've struggled with, um, uh, especially with people who are close to me. So when people who are close to me have hurt me, uh, or who are still hurting me, I find it really difficult to forgive. Um, I, I, I know that God tells us that, you know, we need to forgive, but it's been one of the hardest things, I think, that I, I've experienced, and I'm still experiencing. So what has helped you move from unforgiveness to forgiveness? Mm, just reminding myself that I have been forgiven, you know, and um, there are lots of things that I don't, I don't um, like about myself or I've felt very, um, uh, perhaps, you know, I, I feel guilty about or I've felt ashamed of what I've done. And just remembering that that's all wiped clean in God's eyes because of what Jesus has done for us. And just reminding myself that, you know, if, if God can forgive me for that, you know, then, then surely I can forgive anybody who has hurt me because yeah, to me that what they've done is big, <laughs> but to God, you know, what I've done is big to him too, but it, it's wiped clean. And so, yeah, just remember reminding myself of the forgiveness that I've received. Yeah, and in a way you talked about pride and pride and unforgiveness are linked. Can you say mm -hmm. something more about that? Um, yes, because I think if you are full of pride, you know, you just think that it's, it's the pride it's your pride that gets hurt, I think. Um, and if you hold on to that pride, then it's very difficult to forgive. Um, I'm actually also reading a book right now called The Bait of Satan. Um, and it's, it's a really good book because it reminds us that, you know, one of the, the tools that Satan uses often is, is this tool of offense. Because when we feel offended, you know, and because mixed with our pride, that makes us, um, makes us makes it harder for us to forgive others and when we have unforgiveness in our hearts then it, it, it sort of builds a wall between us and god not because god is not there for us it's just that we built that wall um and it's harder for us i think to have a close relationship with, with god so yeah, it, yeah i'm trying to rem remind myself not to be so offended mm, yeah that is a red flag because when we're so easily offended it's like hey wait a second is that a an issue of pride and it usually is right when you're offended it means that your pride has been hurt so that is a good way the holy spirit convicts us of our pride mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And more people are just getting so easily offended by everything lately and i think we need to check as christians why am i so offended by this that's a mm -hmm. really important uh, point that yeah. you brought it's a it's a block between us and god right mm -hmm. absolutely yeah. so in your relationship with jesus have you ever felt lukewarm or cold Yes, I have, um, particularly at times when um, I've prayed a long time for something and 
I feel like God is not listening or God hasn't heard my prayers or God hasn't answered the prayers that I, in a way that I want him to, to answer, then there are times that I struggle with, um, with my faith and, you know, feeling lukewarm and not really feel like doing anything godly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I definitely experienced those times. Okay. And then what did you do about it? Um, it's, I think self-discipline is really important when you're feeling lukewarm. So as I said earlier, you know, if you just kind of follow your feelings and you know, stop reading the Bible or stop attending fellowship, um, then that actually um, it kind of makes us even further away from God. And that's what, that's what Satan wants. Um, so I try to sometimes even push myself, force myself to, um, to continue, continue doing the things that I know is good for me. So, you know, reading God's word every day, even though if I don't feel like it, you know, I do it because I know that I know that it's good for me. So self-discipline is, is important. And, you know, amazingly, when I do kind of push myself to do these things, God, God uses that and God really transforms um, my perspective. So by the time our fellowship gathering ends, I'm like in a much better place, you know, mm -hmm. because he, 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 um, he softens my heart. And he helps me see more clearly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, discipline is really important because it means that you're doing things based on a choice, not based on your feelings. Mm. Right? And although the Holy Spirit gives us feelings as gifts, and you know that because as a counselor, you have to deal with a lot of people's feelings. Those are gifts. But can you say something about that? How feelings are healthy, but then if you lean too much on them, what happens? Yeah, um, you're right. So, you know, feelings are important and validating feelings are very important too. So I would always encourage um, the people that I'm seeing to not brush away or ignore their feelings. But when they become too overwhelming and when they start to control what you do and what you think, then it can get very overwhelming and it can cause a lot of anxiety and even depression. Um, so it's important to, to keep in check as it were, you know, um, where your feelings are leading you. And one of the questions that I often ask is, you know, is that, is the thought that you're having, is that based on your, and based on facts or is it based on your feelings? Because often when we have particularly negative thoughts, it's based on our feelings. Mm -hmm. And that's not um, a true indicator of whether there's truth in that thought or not. So that's a really good question to ask yourself. You know, is it based on fact or feeling? If it's feeling, then, you know, it's an alarm bell sometimes that perhaps, you know, you need to, you need to think about what you're allowing yourself to think. Wow. That's really good advice. Is it really based on fact? Is there evidence to support that feeling? Right? Exactly. Exactly. Enemy will just throw things at us to create this, you know, self pity, feeling bad for ourselves. And then we wallow in that for too long that we kind of get paralyzed by it. And we need to make that choice to, like you say, take that step, decide whether this is based on fact and then, continue in the disciplines that God has equipped us for. He has given us the word. He has, you know, he gives us that time if we choose yes. to take time to be in his word. Yeah. So it's been really interesting how you were a lawyer and now you're a counselor. Can you share a little bit about how that happened? Yeah. Um, I get asked this question quite a lot. <laughs> and my simple answer to it is that God has called me. Um, God has put on my heart some years ago, uh, about studying counseling, even when I was a lawyer. And I've always been interested in psychology. 
And so I, when the opportunity came up for me to study counseling, um, I took that opportunity. And um, yeah, it's a long story, but basically God has opened doors for me um, to, to pursue this uh, as a career now. And um, funnily enough, there's a lot of skills that I used as a lawyer, which I can still use in counseling. Oh, and that's been really beneficial, you know, so the, the ability to, to listen to others um, and to be able to ask the right questions, um, things like that. It's, it's been actually, you know, in some ways, being a lawyer and being a counselor is not that different. Um, so yeah, it's been a really interesting journey. Yeah, interesting, huh? How you can <laughs> use skills from being a lawyer to counselor. I would never have thought that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're enjoying it so far? I'm sorry? You're enjoying it so far? Yes, yes, it's been really interesting. Yeah, I mean, lots of ups and downs too, and sometimes it's very challenging. Okay. But um, I know that you know God has opened uh, opened this door, and so it's one of those trusting in God examples, you know, where I've, I've had to really trust in God and mm. and submit to Him, and not really follow my own understanding. Yeah. So professionally, you've never been in a Christian ministry, and you've been a Christian. And a lot of times, you're probably like maybe one of the few Christians in your organization. Is that correct? Mm. That's correct, yeah. So it reminds me of the verse where God tells us to be in the world. You're in your job in the professional sense, but not to be of the world. Can mm. you say something about that, what God has called you to be in the world, but not of the world? Yes, um, I think this is, uh, again, very challenging thing to do, um, that God calls us to be this. But um, over the years, I've learned you know, what that means to me. And to me, it means that it's about sort of being able to influence um, the people around you and being, uh, you know, serving God wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Because I think God calls us and, and can use us in every situation. And so being, so God puts us in the world, but I think it means influencing others and, you know, sharing God's love to others wherever you are, but not being influenced um, sort of outwardly uh, of our faith. So being in the world obviously means that we're not always around um, a Christian environment. Um, so it is easy to get influenced um, by people who are not Christians. But I think that, you know, we are called to be um, in this world and not of this world. So to influence others, but not necessarily be influenced by them. It's true. And as a parent, you have three children. It's really, you know, one of the values that we try to instill in our children. Is there something that you really, how do you tell them, you know, this, make it make sense to them, be in the world, but not of the world. What do you tell your children? Um, I always, um, my husband and I always emphasize to our children that, you know, witnessing to their friends or witnessing to others doesn't always mean, you know, preaching to them or talking to them about what God says. Uh, although that, that, there is a time and place for that too, but it's always about sort of having a relationship first and um, showing them God's love. Because I think as a non-Christian growing up, you know, for me, I think if I had a friend who was always talking about the Bible or Jesus and, you know, trying to tell me that, you know, if I don't believe I will go to hell or something like that, that would not help me to know Jesus. <laughs> that would not help me with my relationship with Jesus, but it's more about, about seeing if that friend, um, you know, is, is set apart um, from other friends in, in, in ways that 
can't be explained. So if, 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 um, if my children can show God's love and um, the fruits of the spirit in what they do and how they speak, then, then, you know, perhaps that will arouse a curiosity in their friends. Oh, well, you know, what does, what, what do they have that I don't have? Well, why is their family like this and, and my family isn't? So, you know, to sort of prompt questions. And I think relationship is really the important thing that they need to develop first. Very true, very true. And it's their relationship with Jesus first and foremost before they even try to reach out to other people. Yes, yes. Okay, great. So um, serving is part of discipleship. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we're disciples, we follow Jesus, and outflow of that should be serving others. How yes. are you serving right now as a disciple? Um, well, I'm involved um, at, at my church, ECB, in a variety of ways. Um, I, my husband and I, we co-lead a life group. Um, so we meet uh, every other week with um, a number of members from the church, and we really enjoy this time of fellowship together. Um, and I'm also involved in the prayer ministry of the church, which I've really enjoyed being a part of. Um, it's really helped me with my prayer walk with, with Jesus as well. Um, and I'm also involved in um, Crosstown, which is our children's ministry at the church. So um, I serve uh, as a fifth grade teacher there. Um, and I'm also part of the vision and planning team, which, and through that, um, I help the church to sort of think about, you know, um, sort of future plans, the vision of the church, um, and how we can achieve that through the children's ministry. Wow, you must be really busy. So you have a full time <laughs> job and you're still serving. But does that wear you down at all? What do you do to refill and refresh? Um, it is, to be honest, it is hard to find time for myself, but I know how important it is, especially as a counselor to do that. Um, and one thing that I've really been enjoying doing lately is um, just waking up a little bit earlier than my, when my children wake up and spending time with God and reading his word and praying. And that's been a really great time for me to refresh and really set the right mindset and attitude for the day. Mm -hmm. It's been very beneficial to me personally, um, but I think it's been beneficial to the people around me too. <laughs> Yeah, that's good because like I think the mom sets the tone in the house. So if we're in this yeah, that's true. pressured you know, mood, it's going to show. I mean, kids sense that, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, so what helped you grow as a new Christian? Um I think just being involved actually uh in church. So as soon as I um gave my life to Jesus. Uh, I um, joined a, a group that was led by um, a couple of the elders and pastors. Um, and it was like, it was a bit like Alpha Course, uh, where, you know, new Christians or new believers can learn more uh, about what this relationship will look like with Jesus. Um, so I attended that and it was very beneficial to me. And from there, um, yeah, I, I joined a life group equivalent. Um, and I think just sort of fellowship is, was really key for me mm. to grow in my faith. Yeah. And what resources would you recommend a new Christian today? If somebody came to you, it's like they just start believing, they start going to church. What kind of resources mm. do you recommend? Um, well, there are a lot of good, good books out there written by Christian authors. 
So I tend to um, read a lot of those books, um, but also with technology nowadays, you know, with podcasts, and you can access so many sermons, particularly now because of the pandemic. You know, there are a lot of great resources online. Um, so I tend to, um, I tend to go uh, and exercise uh, by jogging every day now. Um, and thanks to you, Siri, I know the benefits of exercise, <laughs> so I've been enjoying that. But one of the good, great things is that I listen to these sermons as I jog, or I listen to worship music as I jog. And it's, it's been so refreshing because afterwards I feel great physically, but I also feel great mentally. Um, so yeah, lots of good online resources available too. And I would really encourage you to join a fellowship because I think that's the way it becomes know relevant to you and relevance as i mentioned earlier was was uh something that really helped me to grow in my faith yeah and so one of the important things is being part of the right community and also a church that preaches the word right i mean there are mm. many out there. actually yesterday we were just talking to our kids like when they uh, graduate from school we expect them to continue going to a church and we just pose the question how do you know which church you go to what are some criteria mm. what would you say when you're looking for a church? Yeah, I would say that um, look for a church that um, is really rooted in God's word and preaches God's word. Um, and I would also say look for a church that emphasizes prayer uh, as the sort of one of its foundations. Mm -hmm. I think God's word and prayer um, are essential mm -hmm. in any, any, any good church that you want to be rooted in. Yeah, that's very true. And has been has there been anything that has hindered your growth over the years? Um, yes, yes. Uh, so you know, the lack of uh, trust in God has been a hindrance for me. I think you know, trying to make um, decisions my way or leaning on my own understanding, um, and particularly, I find it difficult when um, you know what I see is is contrary to. You know what I'm praying for. So, for example, I've been praying for my parents' salvation for years, um, and when I don't see that happening, or you know, or maybe in a way that I expect it to happen, then I start to, you know, I start to feel lukewarm. I start to feel like God's not listening or God's God's not answering my prayers. And, and so I think those in those times when I have um, maybe taken my eyes off God and taken uh, and putting my eyes or fixing my eyes on the circumstances, uh, that's been a hindrance to my faith. Yeah, that's very true. When we fix our eyes on what we can see, right? That's mm. not, God always tells us, you know, to have that faith and it's that whole theme, faith and trust and also remembering the characteristics of God, I think it really helps mm. instead of waiting for the answer prayer, we just kind of cling to the truth that we know about him, knowing yeah. that Good, he is just and I struggle with that too about my parents my, my mom now yeah just waiting and waiting but it's really just trusting God that he is a good and just God and I keep yes. and I think I find myself when I share my prayer requests with other people it feels like I have this extra you know encouragement okay they're praying along with me I'm not doing mm -hmm. it alone and yeah. that's really important to be in community and a life group yeah, yeah. and we talk yeah. about you know, need God in different circumstances and when do you need God most? Mm, I think that we need God all the time <laughs> but I think I notice it most when I am feeling really down you know when I'm feeling like okay God I I can't see the end of this or I can't see the light at the end of this tunnel 
And when I'm really crying out to him and saying, God, please, you know, give me a, give me something, give me a sign. Um, that's when I feel like, or I notice more, uh, my need for God. Yes, very true. Yeah. I also want to bring the topic around discipling as well. So we're called to be disciples. We have this relationship mm -hmm. with God, but it doesn't stop there. God calls us to make disciples. Can you say something about that? What discipling others means to you? I think discipling others for me um, means to just let let them know um, about Jesus and helping them in their walk with Jesus. You know, I I can't emphasize enough like how important it has been to me and my faith um, this sort of aspect of relationship with Jesus because that was really the, the turning point for me. And so for me to disciple others means to to really um, let them know uh, that it's about having a relationship with Jesus and um, encouraging them in their walk with Jesus and um, yeah, building that relationship with, with Jesus. Very true. Yeah. We've talked about community. We've talked about being in the Word. We talked about, you know, being surrounded by um, people who encourage you and pray with you. And now there's the other aspect of uh, being a disciple. Spiritual warfare is real. Mm -hmm. Is there something mm -hmm. you can say about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that spiritual warfare is is just happening everywhere um, and all the time. And we're not always aware of it, mm -hmm. but I think recognizing that it's it is happening. And, you know, whilst we know that Jesus is victorious in this warfare, but remembering to sort of do our part in that battle, which is, which is really trusting that word trust again, to trust in God, that, that he is fighting our battle for us, that he is for us and not against us. Um, but also just not sort of hiding away from the fact that there is a spiritual warfare. Um, and, you know, in the word, it says that our, our you know, we, we're not fighting against flesh, right? We're fighting, fighting against the dark forces uh, in the world. So I think it's very real. And I think that we do have a part to play in it. Um, and just remembering that, that Jesus is victorious and um, yeah, we can trust in him. Yes, and part of that is also the topic of holiness, right? Because when we give away, we kind of compromise on holiness, it's almost like an invitation for the enemy to come and play around with us. So mm -hmm. what is the pursuit of holiness in the Christian life? Um, I think that it's a really, really difficult thing. Um, and uh, I think that holiness is something that we always strive towards and we should not give up trying. Um, sometimes it's easy to feel like, you know, oh, we're never, we'll never achieve that, right? And, you know, I could understand why people might want to give up. Um, but I think that it's something that helps us to grow closer to, to Jesus and closer to God. So I think it's something that's really important to continue to pursue. Um, and I think that it, it's just something that would be essential in our faith and growing stronger in our faith. Um, and it helps us. It's very relevant in our lives as well. As, mm -hmm. as the more we pursue holiness, the more we learn about the character of God. And the more, um, I think, it softens our heart to be molded by him to become more like Jesus. And so it, it is very relevant to us because it starts to change how we think, it starts to change how we um, interact with people. 
Um, so it's, yeah, I think it's about um, being moldable by God and continuing to grow closer to him mm -hmm. by pursuing holiness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, an interest, interesting topic because all religions talk about some kind of holiness in their mm -hmm. rituals, in their traditions, for example, Buddhism. You need to go away for a while, wear everything white, meditate to be holy, but yeah. you're separated from the world. And when you come back, they almost feel like they're being tainted again. So once in a while, they have to go out again, out of the world, mm -hmm. holy again. But as a Christian, we're called to be holy in everything that we're doing, not necessarily having a specific time. I'm going to be holy for the next two hours, you know? Yeah. It's like your whole lifestyle needs to be holy. And I think that's where the challenge is of being in the world, but not of the world. And mm. discernment, what is acceptable, what is pleasing to God. Can you share a little bit about that discernment? How do you discern things? What is this? Is it acceptable to God or am I compromising? Mm. Um, I always just go back to God's word. Um, so when I need discernment, when I need wisdom from God, I think the first, the first thing I turn to is God's word. And so when I'm not unsure about something, then I would seek God's will through his word. Um, and sometimes also I, what I found helpful is, is sort of turning to the community as well. Um, the community of people that I trust, um, who I know that, that um, you know, they're also pursuing holiness as well. And just seeking counsel from them as to whether or not, you know, um, what, you know what is compromising, what is not what is acceptable what is not in god's eyes but i think you know ultimately god's word is is the place that you can seek discernment yes very true okay so christians have this aroma i think people probably don't like say who we are we're christian i you know wear a t-shirt says i'm a christian i think there's something different about us right there's the aroma of christ and then mm -hmm. you realize okay this person goes to church and she worships jesus and a friend of yours comes to you and says, Emmy, who is this Jesus that you talk about? Who is this Jesus that you pray to? What would you say? Um, I would say that he is, he is God, but he is um, a friend as well. And I would say that, you know, when I didn't know Jesus, I was very lost. Um, and I, I, I didn't really have a sense of purpose in my life. I was searching for one, but I was searching in all the wrong places. And I think I would explain that when, when I got to know Jesus and how much I am loved. Because, you know, Siri, for me, um, I encounter a lot of um, people uh, with, with problems through my counseling practice. And I, what I've noticed is that a lot of the times, and of course, everyone has different situations and circumstances, but a lot of the times, the core issue is that people don't feel accepted or that people don't feel loved. And, and um, this is one of the things that I think everyone really desires to be accepted and to be loved. And with Jesus, that is where I, I found my acceptance and love. And, and so that's a long way of answering your question. But I think if, if a friend asked me, I would probably explain all this and say, you know, in Jesus, you can be accepted and you can be loved. And it's not because of what I do or what she does, you know, and, and I think that's the difference as well. Like we don't, 
we don't have to do anything really to please God because we're already forgiven and we're already accepted. And he sees us for who we are and he loves us for who we are. And that is the greatest gift. So yeah, I would say that, you know, if you want to be accepted and if you want to be loved, then then try try having a relationship with Jesus. Amen. Yes, that's so true. So Emmy, how can I be praying for you over the next couple of weeks? Um, well, I'm going through a lot of transitions uh, at the moment. So um, I'm going to be starting a new job in the summer. Um, and I'm also, my family and I are moving house as well this summer in a couple of weeks time. So there's lots of, um, lots of changes. Um, if you could pray that I would um, just have the discernment that you spoke about earlier, wisdom, and peace uh, from God through through these changes. That would be great. Hey, yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to share, Amy? Um, just that I want to encourage uh, whoever is listening to this um, that you know, in, in these days, there's a lot of uncertainty, um, and it's not clear what the future will look like for us because of the pandemic and things changing so much. <clears throat> and transition is always difficult. Um, but I would encourage you that, you know, one thing that doesn't change is God and God's love for you. And I think that that is, that is a really great thing to hold on to. Um, and that is something that could give you hope. Um, and I think that uh, it's really important for people to know that, that God's love for us will never change. Even if our circumstances change, even if the pandemic, um, you know, the second wave hits or if it doesn't hit, I think it's important to remember that that God is always unchanging and God's love for you is always it's always unchanging. Amen. Good words. That's the truth. That's something we need to hold on, especially right now. It's so much changes and transitions. Yes. I'm so grateful, Emmy, that you could join me today. So thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. I do hope that these conversations have been a blessing to you. And if you have suggestions of who should be my next guest, do let me know by sending me an email to conversations at christiandiscipleshipcenter.org. That's conversations at christiandiscipleshipcenter.org. Until next time.